Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Chris Dreyer on the Rider Flex podcast. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. I like that mic, man. What is that? What kind of mic is that? This is this is me copying Joe Rogan. I'm not even sure yeah. here. Sure, Mike. I've got the focus right set up too. Uh, focus right. What is that? Is that like a uh, uh, an amp or sorry, an amplifier? Yep. What is that? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, it cleans it up a lot. I'm a huge advocate. I was a little stubborn at the beginning. Uh, my first mm -hmm. 40 or so mm -hmm. of my own podcast until I got one and I was like, oh, it is way better. <laughs> it sounds freaking great. Um, can you, what's it called? Focus what? Focus right. It's a Scarlet Focus right. Full red box. Yeah, it is amazing. And so what is it? It's a, the mic runs to it and the box runs to your laptop or whatever. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's got all the gain stuff. Um, you know, getting that set's a whole different, you know, skill of its own that I worked with an audio team, but it, uh, it's, it's really helpful. When I first ordered my new mic and my fancy Sony, Sony camera, I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do any of this shit. So I had to call a guy, <laughs> I had to have a friend come right. over and hook, hook it all up for me. Uh, you know, and now I'm afraid to touch anything. I don't want to, I don't want to mess mm -hmm. with anything. Cause I'm not, a, I'm not a tech savvy guy when it comes to setting that up anyway sounds good like i like your setup cool hey before we get into business uh and the fact that you're an seo expert and all the things you guys do before we get into that i want to know about chris dreyer the person give me mom dad siblings where you grew up give me some of that if you don't mind Jeez, i grew up in a little town called elkville my high school graduating class had 28 people. Uh, mom was a retired cook uh, and hustler. She, you know, cleaned houses. She did the weekend like craft stuff, um, was always doing a side job on, on top of cooking. And then my dad was a, has an engineering degree, was an engineer for a while when I was young, but then uh, in order to like settle and, and be around my uh, mom's parents. Uh, he got a job as a postal carrier and um, he retired for the U.S. Postal Service. And he, geez, he worked every overtime hour his entire life. Very, very hard workers, blue collar, just uh, mm -hmm. very hard workers. Got a sister. She owns a plumbing company. Oh, uh, They, every time I think I'm doing really well, I get to compare against uh, sis. She's a couple years younger than me, but her company is way bigger. Uh, I think they do, she's they'll probably do 40, 50 million. Um, what? They, what? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Hold, yep. Well, uh, and by the way, <laughs> a, a female owned plumbing company is super rare. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. Why? Cause it's usually a guy that owns it. That's awesome. Okay. Wow. 50 million in revenue as a plumbing company. Where's that at? Is that near Chicago or yeah, is that that's, bigger? That's, no, that's Southern Illinois. And it's a combination of commercial, residential. She does sheet metal. They do HVAC. Oh, and I see. 
yeah. So they, so it's, it's, it's not just plumbing, but that's, you know, that's, that's how I refer to you it. You want to give the company name a plug here on the pl- podcast? Yeah, sure. It's A&W Plumbing. A&W Plumbing. Okay. Very good. Well, congratulations, sis. If you're listening to this later on, after we, after we launch, um, by oh, the yeah. way, where's, is, where's is Elkville? So it's near Southern Illinois University. Southern Illinois University is in Carbondale, Illinois, and it's it's about 15 minutes away from Carbondale. Super, super. I mean, there's like a gas station and a Dollar General. That's about it. <laughs> okay, very. You said 28 people in your graduating class, so that's pretty damn small. So I'm assuming your parents separated early, divorced early when you were small. No, no, no. Married. Yep, still married. Oh, I thought. Okay, you were saying he moved back to be close to. Oh, you said yeah, moved yeah, back so- to be. Okay when he was an engineer, he was having to be on the road all the time. And, you know, so he would stay in different locations and just to have like more stable foundation kind of the local job. Yeah. Uh, They're both, so they're both still married, huh? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Wow. Both of them. How about that? All right. Good for them. All (laughs) right. Uh, You married kids. What's the, what's your personal life? Yeah. Give it to us. Yeah. Married. Uh, My wife, Jenna, we just had our first, baby uh 10 month old gray and uh, we're having a lot of fun with gray super healthy super fun and it's different it's different you know when i was single (laughs) when i before married i had all this time then i got married had less time and now they have a kid it's like i don't have any time at all (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing right how fast it and when you got a 10 month old it's like oh while I'm watching him this afternoon, I'll also do this, this, and this. And it's like, yeah, yeah. no, no. Yeah. And then you turn your eyes for like two seconds and they're like opening things. They're getting it, you know, <laughs> just who knows. And it's like, you think you have everything baby proof, but then they yeah. just discover something else to, to destroy. So yeah, yeah, part of the game, That's, but it's fun. Congratulations on, on, uh, the first kid. Uh, how'd you meet your wife? So she, my best friend, so my best friend, it was, uh, is her first cousin. Okay. So we happened to be around each other at like, uh, family events and things like that, where I was hanging out with my buddy Bryce mm. and, and I know we'll probably talk about this entrepreneurial journey, but I moved away to Florida and came back and, you know, cause she's nine years younger than me and the age difference, you know, and I'm much older is it's not That's... the big thing anymore. And uh, we just kind of reconnected and, and we already knew each other's families Our, you know, it was, it was really easy and just got along really well. And, you know, the rest of the story, it's just kind of how it went. Well, so what is she like 19? <laughs> she is, geez, what is she? She's, she's 31, okay. 31 and I'm 40. So, you know, 40, 31, not that big a deal, but you know, when you're in high school and I'm 18 and she's not, <laughs> that's, you know, you're not even thinking about, you know, so I knew her, but it's like, you know, I go away and I was, let's see, 30, I think I was 36 when we reconnected. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a little different. It was, uh, was her dad at first was her dad like, no, no, no. Was her dad no, like, he, he was, he, no, my, he knew my parents really well. So it was okay. like, he was both family, you know, both our parents were very for it and, Okay. Uh, and we get along really well. In fact, we just went on a, a long, uh, a little vacation, not a little, vac- little wedding vacation. We all, we drove to Atlanta, you know, we get along well. 
Uh, very good. Okay. Awesome. All right. What kind of kid were you in high school? Were you wild? Were you conservative? Were you like uh, at the sheriff's office? Uh, are you at the library? Where, where are you at in the mix mm-hmm. there, Chris? So junior high, high school, I was really into sports, uh, baseball, basketball. I was a top basketball player, captain of our conference. Um, cool. Really into sports, really dedicated to that. And I, are you a big guy? What, what size are you? So in, in high school, I was, you know, 186 pounds, six, two, I'm like 280 okay. now. Right. <laughs> so I was a point yeah, guard. Six, six, um, two in a small, six, two in a small town. Yeah. You were, you were a bigger kid. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, junior high school is a good kid. Um, got good grades, took all, you know, um, when I went to college, uh, still got decent grades, but wasn't as good a kid. It was, uh, the rebellious streak, the maybe partying a little bit. And, uh, well, of course, cause when you, when you went to Southern <laughs> Illinois, when you went to Southern Illinois from, from Elkville, you're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. wow. I haven't well, seen this that other before. World. There's people. <laughs> You right. walked into the room, there's drugs on the table, there's naked chicks dancing on the bed, and you're like, wow, this is a whole different world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh it was different for sure. And especially Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois, SIU, they they're known to be a party school, <laughs> and there's not a lot to do other right. than just go to people's houses or hanging out. You gotta kind of create your own entertainment as opposed to having events and local mm-hmm. things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Well, what were you going to do? Be a history teacher? So I started off in, geez, computer science, and I just didn't oh, have the too patience. Much. You, you partied. You right. partied too much. You, right. you, you, you fell out of those classes. <laughs> well, I didn't. I actually got all the math stuff, and I'm like, this isn't for me, though. And I, I, I was you know, being a few years in, and I was my parents were paying for it, and I'm just like, geez, I got to get a degree. You know, I'm spending all my parents' money. So I was like, well, I love basketball. Maybe I'll be a professional coach. Maybe I'll do, you know, some collegiate coaching. And um, so I ended up getting my history education degree with no intention of really teaching, but more to take the the coaching route. I I did end up getting a job at a high school and I uh, became their JV, their junior varsity coach, actually a pretty, in a pretty competitive spot to get that um, early on. And did really well. Uh, and then that's kind of where, but when this was happening, it was, it was like I was discovering this entrepreneur side that kind of took over. How? How'd that happen? Where'd that pivot happen? Yeah, you talk to me. Yeah, I, I've always, so when I went, before I even went to college, I said, you know, hey, mom and dad, I knew this before I even went to college. I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to college, but I want to own my own business at some point. And so I had that already in hmm. mind. Okay. And I had a really successful uncle. It was an entrepreneur, uh, mm-hmm. just major, major up, um, mm-hmm. super, uh, just very prestigious, very successful. So I was kind of looked up to him and, and saw kind of what was possible around me. And okay. yeah, when I, when I got the, okay, so, so basically I got this job at a high school and I was their coach and I had all this downtime in a detention room. And I, you know, there was the kids would do their homework and you have all this downtime where it's just nothing to do. So I, I did the worst thing ever, right? I Googled how to make money online. And after finding all the, the, the spammer things, I, I took a few courses and learned the basics, the, the basis of, of digital marketing. I took this course, like how to make your first $10. 
that gave me the, the, the information I needed to pursue this on my own, to learn on my own through forums, through courses, through things like that. Cause okay. back then there wasn't a million Udemy's and YouTube and all this stuff. It was like, you had to know a guy or there was like one person teaching it. So it was a lot of discovery, but by the end of my second year teaching, I was making about four times as much on the side gig that I was teaching. Um, there you go. And that's kind of the rest is written. And, you know, I just, I went all in and kind of pursued that path. I see. That's how the pivot. And then you went to the high school head coach and you said, Hey man, I got to go. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was friends with everyone and I just, I knew the head coach too, that it wasn't a scenario where I was going to get the head coaching job. He okay. was a good coach, great reputation. So it's like, right. okay, maybe I could go somewhere else and get a head coaching job because you need the, you need the experience there. Then you move up to collegiate level, then you need to get a, you know, an assistant position. And it's kind of, you know, it's just like anything. You got to have these, these stepping stones to work your way up the ladder. Sometimes it happens quicker for other people, but you got to put in the work. And I knew that it was going to be a long haul to go up the ladder. So great. And then you, and then at some point, then, then pretty quickly after that, you got the job at Amazon. So I was an Amazon associates affiliate member. So that's, it's, I was Amazon associates. So I had about a hundred websites. I was in their affiliate program. I think I was making like, I don't know, 16 ish thousand a month or so. Um, Wow. Through that and through other affiliates. And I had a lose a double chin site. I ranked number one for double chin for like three years. I had a stained concrete floor site. Uh, a, I bought an equestrian horse riding um, manuscript from an author and published it on Kindle Direct Publishing. Did really well on that. They just wanted their name attributed to it. I had a, nice. a generator site that when all the big hurricanes and everything hit, all my generators on the site sold out. I, I just had a ton of little sites producing, you know, 2000 here, 3000 here. And a couple times, uh, had really big days on those two. Very nice. And you, so you became an early, what I call early expert on getting your organic rankings to be on page one. Yes, indeed. Content marketing and SEO. And that's, I've stayed in that lane. I think now that I have an agency and we're, we're, we're going to transition to that, uh, I know we're going to make that, that leap, but I've become a better marketer, a more well-rounded marketer through Good. other strategies, yeah, but, but definitely have stayed with SEO and content marketing um, since then. When, when you were doing that affiliate stuff for Amazon, were you thinking, this is great money, but I'm going to open an agency. I'm, I'm going to open an agency. No, no, I wasn't. I was thinking, hey, I'm going to have a thousand sites. I I'm just going to go, go, go. And I just got wrecking balled uh, around 2013. I think it was that first penguin algorithm. I was not doing things from an evergreen perspective and I was okay. kind of spreading myself too thin. I was taking uh, you know, if you wear that, you, those SEO guys, you talk about white, gray, and black hat. I was wearing probably the black hat, I would say in most definitions. And it was working though. And it wasn't like the, the things that I were doing were not like illegal or it was just things yeah. that just wouldn't stand the test of time, right? R writing thin content that didn't cover something um, to the full scope that it needed to be covered or, okay. Okay. you know, getting backlinks from neighborhoods that 
maybe weren't the most trusted websites. And, and those kind of tactics, they really, Google did a good job of nuking them. I think overall, it improved the overall uh, experience of Google, uh, you know, the consumer search results, because, you know, honestly, should me, a history education teacher, have a website that ranks number one for double chin? I'm not a physician. You know, I was researching that content. I should never rank that in a million years. I, my stained concrete floor site, I never stained concrete floors in my life. And I rank number one for that. <laughs> I, I, I rank number one for Asse fruit before I even ate Asse fruit. Okay. You know, so th that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I could rank with, with just basic content because that information wasn't out there. But now look at today. I mean, there's trillions of web pages Gosh. and like content has to be good. Yeah, I get pinged every single day from from uh, agencies saying that oh, we can make your rankings better. Yeah, I mean every day, bro. I get that for our because RiderFlex, as you probably know, our day job is we're a recruiting firm, a recruiting and staffing mm -hmm. firm, right? And so every day I get that. But okay, all right. So you're moving along. You're doing this. All right, you hit a little bit of a speed bump there, and then what? Walk us into the transition of the agency now. And for the listeners, by the way. Uh, the company is rankings and the website is rankings.io. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you got rankings.io URL. I don't know how the hell, how the hell you got that. I can't, did you have to buy that? Was that, was that actually oh, available? Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, during the early uh, top level domains, uh, those little two characters, obviously I'd love to have in the .com or the .co, but yeah, whatever you know, the .com is probably a few million bucks. Then you compete <laughs> yeah. with all the sporting websites. Um, yeah, but yeah. but anyway, tell us, yeah, tell, walk us through the transition for rankings. Go ahead. Yeah, so the income nuked. It went from like 16k down to like 2k. And, I, and at the time, I wasn't the entrepreneur, the 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 investor, the saver. Uh, you were having fun. You were having longer. fun. I was Spend having money. fun. I was buying stuff and <laughs> spending money. I'm like, oh, I got to make more money. <laughs> I got more expenses now. So. I got on a Craigslist back in the day when Craigslist was a resource, a better resource for jobs. And I just typed the word SEO and, and did, and just applied to every single SEO position. I, I, I even hit their filter where I had to wait a few days before I could continue to send emails, which is weird. They had some blocker. I, I didn't even know they had that. I didn't even yeah, know they had yeah. that. I got, I ended up getting hired at a, uh, from an agency in Clayton, Missouri as an SEO specialist, but I also got hired because, uh, for a few consulting roles. So I ended up taking three positions. Um, okay. and what I was doing is I built a team for my affiliate marketing so I could do all three positions mm. because two of them were more output results oriented. That wasn't I didn't need to be, you know, clocking okay. in and, and doing daily standups and all this stuff. They just, Hey, do this audit for me type of thing. Okay. Right? And I was having my team do it and I was overseeing it. Uh, but at the agency, I ended up rising to be their top, their top guy on the uh, delivery, the op side. And geez, they, uh, I saw what not to do. You know, the, the agency was power advocates. They, uh, owners are super nice, but they just weren't investing into it like a long-term business. They were, okay. And okay. They weren't giving, they didn't understand SEO and, and the resources that were needed to really serve the client. And so I think it's the classic, you know, they were quoting $1,000, $2,000 a month and, and, and the clients weren't getting much. 
Um, they didn't have the, the resources, you know, the money to, to give resources to me. So I had like 30 clients, 40 clients, something like that with no team. <laughs> and so, you know, I managed, that's where I learned processes. That's where I learned high output for your time. Um, and I had to get really creative with the things that I had to do just from reporting and, and everything on the managing Ooh. time. So that Ooh. really leveled up my time management skills um, at that gotcha. job. Gotcha. Okay. And so the business kind of started not by accident, but I mean, that's how it started. Cause you, you started taking on consulting clients and then you're like, okay, well, hell, I don't have time to actually work on those. So let me get this junior guy over here. Let me get Johnny to help me. And then what, it just grew from there. And then at some point you're like, I guess I better name this thing. I guess I better file an well, LLC for this thing. <laughs> well, no. So, so at this time, at that time I was working for someone else. So those were all their clients. Right. And I was, I thought, Oh, but SEO I thought you had a, I thought you had a couple of consultant clients on the side. Though. Well, on that, it was still their clients, right? I was doing the work for their clients. I was like, uh, you know, uh, okay, was, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I see, I see. But I saw the writing on the wall and I was I just see. like, you know, I need to get out of here. I need to serve the client. I, you know, it's the classic, I felt I could do it better, right? You hear okay. that story a lot. All right. All right. And I gave him notice. I told him what I was doing. I trained my replacement, did everything by the book integrity wise, never, you know, solicit their clients, block their clients, help them retain their clients. Okay. Um, everything possible. Now they started off as a legal agency, but then they went generalist and then they just, I don't think they went back to legal and then poof, they're gone. Right. Mm -hmm. they, just, uh, they didn't, it, it was just too many changes and um, you know, they just, from a reputation standpoint, you know, there mm. and retaining clients, there's, there's warmth and confidence is what I say. It's mm. like, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. relationships and results. It's, you can be a nice guy and that can take you a little ways. But <laughs> you need the results too. Right. So exactly. if, if you get both of them, you, it's the true reputation uh, recipe for retention. Yes. If you can be a nice guy, you can save clients, but, or if you do great work, you can save clients, but you know, the classic example is from a competency and not a warmth perspective. And I saw this in an article from Carl Sakis is, you know, when you go to the DMV, nobody wants to go to the DMV. It's the worst experience. Everyone hates that experience, but you get your shit done. You get your tags, you get your driver's license. So from a competency standpoint, they're very good, but maybe not on speed and efficiency, but I'm saying you get the result. Yeah. Um, Anyways, that's kind of a, a tangent thing, but um, yeah, I just, I wanted to be just, I'm super competitive from the sports side and I didn't want to settle for, for mediocrity. I wanted to compete at the top, the highest level. And, and that's okay. another reason why I opened up my agency. When you quit, did you, qu did you quit with, did you, did you get a client and you're like, okay, I got my first client. Now I'm going to give my notice or because that's always a tricky transition for mm -hmm. aspiring entrepreneurs. They're like, okay, well, do I need to quit my job now? Should I start with a client on the side on the weekends? How much money did you have saved up? Give the, give the aspiring entrepreneur that wants to make the leap a few tips here. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I did was I was really intentional about LinkedIn and I had the accounts that I was managing write me personal recommendations. Now I was Good employed by power Good advocates. Good move. And those recommendations were for me under that career. 
but those are testimonials, right? So I, and I got like 20 of them. Sweet. So I got a lot of nice um, things that were said. Um, I tried to build as much on the project management side as possible. I think I was using Basecamp and at the time to do, you know, I, I was very process minded because mm. of, you know, having limited resources and you know, I need to be able to deliver, but also was intentional about marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things I did was I was local and close to St. Louis. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to breakfast or lunch with every single person in the industry in my, you know, I was in legal, the legal industry that I can all like all of them, like whoever will have breakfast or lunch with me, I'm going to say, look, I'm new here. I am. What do you got? Okay. And this crazy thing is that was one of the best things I ever did. How about that? Just referrals at certain points in, in this whole, you know, since I've been an owner, like maybe I didn't get business right away, but maybe two years you know, in the future I did. I mm-hmm. stayed connected to some of these individuals and became a really good lead generation source for me. In fact, I'd say the first four years of business, my main tactic for generating leads was referrals. There's a, there's a book called the ultimate sales machine by Chet Holmes. Mm. Everyone talks about, you know, your dream 100 clientele list and like account-based marketing and things like that. Well, I took that idea to heart from a referral side. Mm. It's like, look, I don't have a giant case study. I don't have these big logos. I'm not going to land these guys, but I can go to all the agencies and other businesses in my industry and say, Hey, what, what clients don't you want? Who, who can't you help? Like, give me those. What's the stuff you just don't want to do. Good. I'll move. do it. I'll do it. Nice. Nice. And that's how, that's how I grew in those first few years. And, um, was it tight the first 12 months? Was it tight, super tight on budget? Or did you have a little money saved up? And were you married at the time? Wasn't married at the time. Budget was tight. Uh, I bootstrapped 15 grand. That's it. I it's was okay. A, I was right. giving myself $5,000 a month for three months. That's it. And the thing is, though, I need to sign like two clients because I could do all the delivery. Mm. So it was like, you know, complete margin. Right. <laughs> and so if I could get two clients and, and I, that first month I got one and the second month I got two. And now you're off to the races. Off you're to off the races. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what were you calling it back then? Had you already named it rankings? Yeah. So it was attorneyrankings.org. Oh, okay. oh, okay. All right. Why'd you change that? Cause you wanted to broaden beyond the legal. Very. Yeah. That's exactly why. So I was okay. in Vistage. I was, uh, in that, you know, CEO, CEO peer group. Yeah. And I got my business review and I was doing really well. I think I was at like that million mark and everyone's like, you know what you should do? You should serve other clients, home services and physicians. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I should. So I went and bought rankings.io changed Mm -hmm. all my positioning. And then my, my speed and my marketing slowed down my business development. I started to lose my identity. I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm like, well, that was dumb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then I went right back to legal Mm. So it was that temporary learning lesson, like, oh, niching has these advantages <laughs> that I was well, unaware of. For sure it does for SEO. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you, for the listeners that might be ignorant to how the process works, you know, yeah, if your budget is tiny as a small service business and you want to try to spend some money on SEO or even paid 
paid marketing, paid, you know, AdWords. Yeah, the more narrow you are, uh, the more laser focused you are on key terms or keywords, the easier it's going to be uh, to, 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 you may not rank for everything, but you're going to rank, you can rank for some specific things. So I totally, totally get it. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering about that because when I saw the website, I'm like, okay, rankings. And then I'm kind of looking, or not the website, but the URL, the URL. And I saw the company name on your LinkedIn. I'm like, all right. And then I looked at the website and I'm like, oh, this is pretty legal focused. And then I clicked on your little uh, uh, microphone on LinkedIn where you can say your name or whatever you want. And, and, yeah. and it yeah. says specifically, I help personal injury lawyer firms rank higher. I don't know if I said it verbatim, but it's something like mm -hmm. that. And when I heard that, Chris, I was like, damn, that is pretty specific. Okay. But mm -hmm. like you said, I mean, uh, that's the magic in, in ranking, right? If you want to do it that way. I mean, you're the... Uh, I'm telling you what I see from 30,000 feet, but, uh, I can't, I get it. I totally get it. So many advantages, tons of advantages to niching, you know, everyone thinks about the cons, right? Oh, smaller market cap. And it's going to limit me or I'm doing the same thing repeatedly. And I want variation or sometimes, you know, if we were talking about Alex, you know, the, the, the biggest downside to niching, in my opinion, was made so clear in Alex Hermosi's book, The $100 Million Offers, when it comes to the value equation is effort and sacrifice. A good offer decreases effort and sacrifice. Sometimes when you niche, particularly a service industry, when I only do SEO, that increases the amount of effort on my client because now they have to hire other digital providers to do PPC design, all these other things, as opposed to one. That's the one mm -hmm. downside to niching. I'm yeah. aware of it. And you have to account for that with referral partners and just make it easy for your client. But that that's a big one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, huge advantages, perception, trust, social proof, um, uh, yep. per yep. perceived higher fees yep. and, you know, copywriting, eliminating waste from an efficiencies and operation standpoint, all different types of things. Now would probably be a good time. Give us the, give us the three minute elevator pitch for rankings.io. Just, if you're, you know, you're doing the elevator pitch in front of some investors or maybe some potential clients, go for it. Elevator, geez. You know, I, I say it's short and sweet. You know, we help elite personal injury lawyers dominate first page rankings. That's what we do. We only okay. do SEO. And we only work with personal injury law firms. Why only personal injury? Many reasons. Uh, I, I shouldn't say only. We specialize. We have like a couple clients that are non-PI. Um, the reason is it's completely, when there's saturation and competition, it demands expertise and expertise, you can charge an investment in higher fees, right? If there's no competition for say trademark law, you're the only trademark attorney in the, in the, the city. You don't need someone like me. You can put up mm -hmm. a website and a landing page and rank number one. But if you're a personal injury lawyer and there's a thousand in your city mm -hmm. and you, you need to rank in the top three positions of Google to acquire clicks and organic traffic. You can't just moonlight and think you're going to achieve that naturally. You have to have a, an intentional strategy to get those results. Will you hire or will you take on more than one personal injury attorney per city? And if you do, how does that work? Because Johnny's like, hey, man, you're doing stuff for Mary and I want to be number one. So how does that work? I love that question. 
first of all, I think it's the dumbest thing ever for SEO and it, 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 I can't stand it. And other digital marketers think um, differently about this, but radio, particularly in the legal space, radio and television already own distribution. So it makes sense to give someone exclusive rights because they own the airtime and the TV, you know, the time slots. SEO, yes, I can do content marketing and links, but I'm also constrained to their physical location. We're all sentients. We all have our phone nearby. And if you type in, in a different niche, best restaurants near me, you're not going to see them 15 miles away. You're going to see them within a few miles of where you're located. And that is the exact same in legal services. So in my opinion, you can serve multiple clients in a location, particularly larger locations. Let's say Houston, let's say you had a downtown Houston client. You're not going to compete in the same manner with someone 10 miles north in the maps. Having said that, because of the perceived issue by my clients and and the struggle to try to educate a majority on this issue, (laughs) we take two per market. Okay. And we can say, hey, we can generate an ROI for two. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I would like to do is ditch the whole thing, but it it would take a lot of, because there's so many agencies to say, oh, we only work with one. Well, yeah, because you don't have a client there and you don't keep your clients. So there's no opportunity cost loss for you. You're just churning them, right? So you give away exclusivity freely. I keep mine. Have you ever had a situation where, where Johnny calls you uh, from Denver and he's like, Hey man, I want to use your services. And you're like, listen, I already take care of Mary and uh, Cliff. And he's like, okay, well, what do I need to pay you for you to fire Cliff? Cause I want to be your, other. have you ever had that? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have that first right of refusal, right? You know, I'm a business person. Right? It's business. We had a, <laughs> we had a tough situation recently. I'm not going to lie. And it was like, look, this person's paying X. This person wants to pay yeah. 10 times as much, literally 10 times. Well, like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to, I would call my, I would call my client up and say, like, listen, man, this is when we just have like a real authentic. Yeah. Radical. Com- com- ra- radical. I mean, just a, yeah. just a authentic conversation because it's 10 times more. What do you, what do you, what do you expect me to do as a business owner? You're a business owner. Right. What would you do? <laughs> right. And then look, there's loyalty, right. And there's, there's, to some degree, it could be a little bit more. And I would still, you know, there's a loyalty perspective and you yeah, build I got these you. relationships. I got you. And, but, I got but it's a, it's entirely different when it's 10X. And yeah, that's you know, a totally, just, that's a game changer. That's a game yeah. changer. And uh, when you have these yeah. conversations, they understand. Like, I'm sure I would do you get, the same thing. <laughs> sure. I'm sure you get calls all the time from other uh, law firms that specialize in other areas or other practice areas. And, and you're, you turn them down. You'd say, no, I just do personal injury. So the interesting thing is you, you'd be surprised. We don't get a ton of leads from other practice areas because of how heavily positioned it is a PI on our site. So they, they fast fail. They don't even reach out. They think that, you know, we can't help them. So we don't get a ton of leads, other practice areas. We will take them if they truly have a need and truly we can help them. And if they have the right investment, like there've been some scenarios we worked with the nationwide leader in long-term disability. I mean, he's the number one guy. He, okay. you know, we worked with them. We worked with some major divorce attorneys. Um, okay. But so there general, are exceptions. Okay. All right. Very. So I think out of, we work with about 45 clients right now. And I think 43 are PI. 
So, all right. All right. How many, exceptions. how many people on your team? Uh, I think we got about 30 right now, but we have a, a whole bunch of subcontractors and strategic partners. Okay. okay. 30. Empl- well, if you're, if you got 30 employees, a lot of your time now as CEO is managing your own people versus actually doing the tactical SEO work. Right. I I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more leadership and management. And, and in fact, we're at this kind of inflection point where you know, I was talking mm-hmm. to Eric Huberman from Hawk media. And I think they're, I don't know, 40, 50 million, something like that. And there's this thing that occurs when you're at the eight figure mark, uh, you know, in that 10 to like $20 million range where you have to start hiring all these non-revenue generating employees, right? <laughs> right. Those are my least favorite. <laughs> you got to hire your HR person. You got to hire your control. Yeah. Person, you got to hire yeah. all these managers. It's like, Jesus, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but that happens and it's a necessity. Uh, um, and, you know, I think breaking through that is, it's kind of an interesting level, but that's kind of where we're at. We're at that like eight figure, um, you know, trying to get to 20 mil and very good, man. Very good. Congratulations on the, on the growth of it. I Thank love you. your, I love your approach to having a very, uh, targeted focus. Um, it's so easy to spread yourself too thin, take on too much, try to do things you're not uh, a specialist at. I mean, how many times have you seen it? I mean, right over and over and over. Uh, I want to get into a couple of outside the lines questions beyond the business before you go. Um, and as we head towards the back end of this thing, but I do want to ask you one more specific SEO, t- SEO type uh, service question. Because we get as a recruiting firm, we get approached by this all the time. And I was a CEO of a couple of $40 million companies. So I dealt with agencies and marketing people and all of it. Right. So I, I understand the language and how it works. I'm not a marketing expert, but I I get it. The, The most popular statement I get from SEO people is this, you know, they'll say, now, listen, this is going to take a while. This is not overnight. I'm not going to get you on page one next month. If you'll just pay me for six months, eventually, someday, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get you to page one. I've heard that so many times, Chris. What What's your response to that? They needed to double that. Oh, double the time frame. <laughs> yeah, so what I say is like, look, you're not going to love hearing this. I was like, but anybody tells you four to six months, they haven't been in the business. They don't know the mm. industry. Like, mm. it's... It is not people in a very competitive space. I mean, PI, it's like, look at the billboards that you when yeah, you're right. driving on the road. Oh, I, yeah, I see them. Like, I see and how many reviews. Do you think that your new website is going to rank number one through three against, you know, the people? No, it's not going to happen in six months. <laughs> hey, if you give me time, you give, you give me nine to 12 months, you will see cases and you will see results. Are you going to rank I number pay one you? for car accident Can- lawyer? Probably not. You're going to rank number one for Lyft and Uber or, uh, you know, maybe semi-trucks, you know, some of the less competitive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But so I think a lot of those people want to lower the barrier to entry. They think it's, I I think if you have a reputation and you're authentic, and this, this is the biggest tip that I can say for those SEO nerds listening. Uh, All right. All you people, they all what you're saying is, Hey, my service is $10,000 a month. So when the buyer evaluates that decision, they make that decision based upon $10,000 a month. 
but you need to get them to think about it's a $120,000 investment. Have them think in an annual investment type of manner. Because if they think of the $10,000 a month, they'll look at it from a cash flow, the too short a time span. Uh, and it's the same for attribution, just from marketing strategies in general. You can't, it's, it's difficult to look at them in a monthly. You need to at least look at them in 90 day increments. But mm -hmm. you have to, you have to change the narrative and have them look at in a longer time manner and just say that, like, look, it, we need a year. Now, whether or not you do a year long contract, that's up to you, right? We do month to month contracts, but we position that and set expectations that it, we need nine to 12 months. Okay, fair enough. Can, can I pay you in the 12 months? Can I pay you after the 12 months? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> no, 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 we don't like that. <laughs> Let's do, let's do payment up front. I was love that. Sometimes I fuck with these guys. <laughs> these, these guys that'll call me, they'll send me an email. And say, I, can, I can do this. Oh my God, leads, page one, blah, blah, blah. And I'll, I always like send them a note back and say, can I pay you after that happens? And then crickets, crickets. Yeah, you know, here's yeah. here's the thing too. Let's just talk about that really quick on that point. Uh, is, you know, because PI attorneys are paid on contingency. <laughs> so I sometimes hear that, right? Well, why don't you do the SEO? Then I'll pay you after the cases. Well, mm -hmm. there are a few SEO companies that exist like that. And what they're going to do is they're going to go to Fiverr and they're going to blast your website with all kinds of shit mm. for hardly any money. And if you rank cool, they win. But if not, eh, but guess what? Your site's tanked forever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's what they do. Uh, very similar to our business in recruiting, right? There's contingency versus retained firms. And we are a retained firm where people pay a deposit. We have an exclusive and so forth. And I always tell them, I always tell the, the prospect, I'll say, look, you can, you can bring on a contingency firm tomorrow and they will promise to slam you with resumes in 24 hours and all this other you're just going to get shit and it's going to waste your time. I promise you. hundred <laughs> percent. I love, okay. Thanks for that answer. I appreciate it. It sounds like you've been asked that a million times. I appreciate you going down that, few times, down that, times. down that path. Um, let me ask you a, a few other things. You do a great job on social media. Your LinkedIn profile has got 30,000 followers on it. I think, um, are you careful with what you put out on social media with this whole, with this, with this world we're living in right now, where super sensitive and people take sides and sometimes people get canceled and censored and all this shit. Are you, are you careful right now? Are you like, Ooh, I mean, you all got to protect my 30,000 followers. I don't want to fuck this up. What, how do you handle it? That's a really good question. I am a little chicken on some topics. There are some yeah. topics that I'll avoid and where yeah. others will just go all in on, on those topics. <laughs> I do like to say, I do like to be a contrarian, I think, because you stand out and you're a little different, but, but not in a like, like a sinister evil manner. Like to give you an example, right. you've probably heard this content is king. If, you, if anybody's done SEO, content is king. Well, I say content is not king. If you're a personal injury attorney, content is table stakes because every Chicago personal injury law firm has a car accident lawyer page. So guess what? They all have one. So it doesn't matter if yours is a little better. See what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a little contrarian and it's a different point of view and it, it invites engagement. Um, I think you can do that in a lot of, uh, a lot of industries. And um, it's just a way to stand out and be a little contrarian. Without 
pissing off half your potential yeah and you know i get called everything right because personal injury attorneys are called ambulance chasers so i get called a lot an ambulance chaser chaser so i don't know who is the originator (laughs) of that it's very clever um (laughs) but yeah so social media social media is consistency uh education you know entertainment uh each channel is a little different on the strategies but uh a lot of consistency and thought leadership do you think social media platforms should be able to just kick people off? Uh, man, that's a really, should they, should I monitoring their, what they say? I like the free speech. I like where Elon's going with Twitter. I don't okay. know. I think if they're, if they're harassing people and truly causing other people harm, I think that you could, you could have some moderation there. Also, if there's different communities that want to talk about certain topics and people are violating guidelines, you could, but from a platform pers- perspective, I don't know that we, we want to get in that, uh, that, that moderation, that, uh, what do you call that? Uh, is it census, uh, not census, um, censorship, censorship. I don't know that that's one of those topics I probably wouldn't get into, to be honest, Steve, uh, through <laughs> my community, but yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I like the free speech stuff. Yeah, I'm a First Amendment guy myself, uh, pretty much, right? I mean, unless you're unless you're like threatening to like harm somebody. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a pretty much a free. I'm a person, a First Amendment guy. And by the way, for the record, and I'll get some shit from from some of my listeners on this. Um, yeah, I like what I like what Elon's doing. I, I liked his answer where there, he was being interviewed recently. Uh, of course, he's always being interviewed by somebody. And, and I, again, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but the lady said something like, you mean you'll just let people post what they want and without being, without it being uh, filtered or whatever? And he, he kind of looks at her with this very puzzled face. And he's like, he's like, well, yeah, it's First Amendment. Like He looks at her like, why would you even ask me that question? <laughs> uh, so I kind of like what he's doing. I kind of like I like that attitude as well. I do think... Um, it's important for information flow through the internet to have an open platform for the most part. And uh, we need to be very, very careful as a society uh, who's controlling information flowing through the internet, because if it becomes censored and, and one narrative and certain groups can't say things, it's that, that's, that's not, I don't think that's a world I want to live in. Um, So we need to be, I think we should be very careful with that. Okay, man. Um, Chris, congrats. Uh, love the fact that you had the balls to make the jump. You got a nice firm going on here. 30 people involved. I love it. How do I talk you into making Rider Flex rank number one in Colorado for recruiting firms? Can we talk about that offline? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Thanks for being on the Rider Flex podcast, my friend. I appreciate it. Steve, thanks so much for having me. It's been great.